Peter Gimel. You see Peter Gimel, it's on page 110. column <laughs> 3. The yeshiva.net. So there is Midas Hadin and there is Midas Harachemen. Chazal tell us, Betchila Olam Machshav Olivri Asaylam Midas Hadin, Rosh Ain Olam Eskayim Shittif Ima Midas Harachemen. What's the difference between Midas Hadin and Midas Harachemen? The way it's explained in this mimer of Tikkun Bachoy the Shoifer and Lakuta Torah, the Nakuda is Din is the emotion or the feeling which demands, warrants, and uh, creates differentiation, distinction, independence, autonomy, boundaries. You are not me. What is Midas HaRachemim? Midas HaRachemim then is allowing the person to uh, recreate the relationship. Midas HaDin is detachment. Midas HaRachemim is attachment. So Midas HaDin there is the understanding that uh, you ultimately have to live your life. <coughs> and Midas uh, Hadin therefore causes the tzimtzum, it causes the self-withdrawal, the restriction of the infinite presence to allow for the emergence ultimately of an independent human being, an independent reality, which allows there to be malchus, malchus eberotzein, Kiblu Aleyhem. That's Bereshis Bara El Leikim, which is Midas Hatsimtsum Shemesh Umagain Hashem El Leikim. El is the Mugain on the Shemesh, the sheath, the sheath that blocks or eclipses or limits the impact, the intensity, the warmth of the Shemesh, which allows there to be differentiation, distinctiveness, individuality. Midas Harachamim is then to allow the person to become whole once again, to realign himself or herself with their ultimate source, with their ultimate shayrish, with their ultimate mucker, to be able to become re-included in where you come from, to become, to go back to your own essential source and mucker, but not by uh, eliminating the process of Midas Hadin, but by sublimating the process. And that's the two stages of Midas Hadin and Midas, Midas Harachman. Both are in the and in Yesh. Yes. Yes. Now comes Peter Gimel. Al Kol Hashana Lias. Hamshach is a bit of a protius. The Eisek Atayro Mitzvah shall call Hashana. He discussed at length that generally Torah and Mitzvahs is the process through which the yesh of the world is realigned with the ayin of godliness, l'shem yichud kutshebrichu ushchinte, which is before every single mitzvah. Because every single mitzvah, in one way or another, creates the yichud of Hashem and alikim, the unity between the differentiated universe and the one universe, which is part of the Ein Saif, the alignment of <coughs> the outer self and the inner self, of the Geshem and the Ruach, of the Chaimur and the Tzur, of the Ayin and the Yesh, the Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, which is Elokeinu, it's all-inclusive, and the Vahavtas Hashem Elokecha, which is individuated. So you have the Klal, and you have the Prat, 
And then in Torah and Mitzvahs, you have the Prat coming back to the Klal, the Klal and the Prat and the Klal. So he says, generally, this is the Torah and Mitzvahs a whole year. But on Rosh Hashanah is the flow, the general Hamshacha, the source of this energy for the whole year, that individually, the Torah and Mitzvahs of a whole year, they should be able to be this Bittul Hayash. That's the significance of the name Rosh Hashanah. Really, the name, although we take it for granted, it's really a peculiar name. Because in Chumash, it's not called Rosh Hashanah. You know that. In Chumash, you don't have a name Rosh Hashanah. In Chumash, you have an expression, Eretz Hasher, Eine Hashem Elekechabo, Meireshis Hashanah, V'ad Hashanah. From the beginning of the year, it should be called Reishis Hashanah. Rosh means the head. The head is not the beginning. The head is the head. <laughs> The head is a meyuchas. The head is a head. With the head, I mean, the head is called the beginning. It's a head. We should call it reishis hashana. It's the beginning of the year. It's the point in time when the year begins. So he says, no. The word word hashana is very precise. Shukamoyah roish hashana in time is what the brain, the head, is in the human organism. What's the significance of the roish and the mayach? Well, we know. The brain is the source from which emerges and flows life, vitality, to all of the limbs of the body. So that's why it's called It's like the brain of the year. So what the brain is to the body, is to the year. Now we understand that nothing happens in the body if it's not first experienced organized, orchestrated, directed, controlled by the brain. And even after it's in the body, it's still the brain facilitates it, the brain processes it, there's even the concept of, what is it called? Phantom pain. Sometimes you don't have it in the body, but you still have it in the brain. The brain didn't register the results, so uh, it's still there. Somebody has missing a limb, and the, and the brain is still having pain from that limb. It's not there anymore. Because everything exists first in the brain and remains there. That's the central nervous system of every nekud of the entire body. If this, this is true, so then we understand what means that on the first Rosh Hashanah, Hashem Malach Geyislavash, on the first Rosh Hashanah, that's like the, the, the neurological neurological the neurological significance of Rosh Hashanah is the fact that what happened on the first Rosh Hashanah, what happens on every Rosh Hashanah is that the beginning of the process of healing the world of the world facing the trauma of creation, of differentiation, of separation, which is intrinsic to the plan. In order for there to be a yesh, in order for there to be malchus, Rosh Hashanah begins the process of realignment. Rosh Hashanah begins the process of reconnecting the very cosmos and the very person with its original essence, but only going through the prat. Only by going through the prat, by going through the Malchus, by going through the Nakuda of the Nesava Kodesh Baruch So Rosh Hashanah is the brain of the year that basically what will happen through the year, throughout the year, in Torah and Mitzvahs, it first begins on Rosh Hashanah. If there's a man standing above and somebody standing below, you're on a mountain and somebody is in a valley, or just on the bottom of the mountain. They want to connect. So the one on the top has to go down, 
and the one on the bottom has to go up, and you say, you say, let's meet halfway. Sometimes one is above, one is below, and you have to meet. So he says, on Rosh Hashanah there's an energy and the energy that comes from Hashem on Rosh Hashanah is that there's a there's an energy that in the world on Rosh Hashanah which basically allows the Yesh to be able to experience something of its original core, its ayin. So this is a hamshach el yoyna, so that the yesh should be able to revert back to the ayin. But you have to meet halfway. So the tachta and the yesh also ought to ascend, also ought to climb up. And this is about aspiration, craving. That one soul, to develop a become aware of a thirst of a yearning for this type of unity and this type of bittel. When a person becomes a master of cheshbon, a master of cheshbon doesn't mean a mathematical genius here. Mari de cheshbon means a master of self-reflection. Mari de cheshbon means Mari is a balabas, a master of cheshbon of self-reflection, of inner reflection. Know thyself. A person has to understand who he is. That essentially, his soul went through a trauma, traumatic experience. And we go back here, we're aligning the trauma of the universe, of life, with its original, most basic source of pain. And that is that his neshama, yarat ployim. Yarat ployim means it descended in an extraordinary, transformative way. Ploya means it's like a pella. It's a wonder. It's not just you descended a little bit. It went through a metamorphosis that if you don't appreciate it, we call it trauma. That's what ploya means. It's, it's a pella. It's, it's beyond. It's extraordinary descent. As explained at length, and here he's talking about the individual, not just the world. He spoke before about the world. Here he's talking about the individual. Your own soul was completely one. Kalu means it was nichlal. It was part of a klal, part of the collective. What do you mean part of the collective? It was submerged, subsumed. In the one who emanated the light. From the word v'atzalti. I, I will emanate, I will differentiate, I will separate. But at this point, it was not kalu in the matzal. V'atayrit ployim. Again, and the soul of a man, the consciousness of the human being descended and descended in unique, extraordinary through tremendous, tremendous amounts of restrictions, restrictions and limitations. In other words, this neshama, which is really ain't soif, goes through a tremendous process of descent, of evolution. In which it's transformed and metamorphosized, action is gashma ba'it, until it becomes very nisgashma, becomes very material, becomes very material to the point that it can come into a body and speak to a body and negotiate with a body and vitalize a body. Now he says, The maskil. The truly, uh, I would say, spiritually perceptive man 
will understand that when you speak about Gashmias itself, there's so many stages, there's so many milas, one deeper and more real than the other. And today we understand this. When I speak about Gashmias, I'm looking and all I see is a table. But if I use more uh, refined instruments, suddenly I see that what I'm calling a table is really a whole other reality. There's a living universe behind this table, not millions, but billions, sectillions or more of atoms that <coughs> are moving around in extraordinary swiftness to create the reality you might call a cup or a phone or, or a finger or a table or a safer. But it's all Gashmias. This is all still Gashmias. In other words, what I'm seeing is only a tip of the iceberg. That's in Gashmis. Then in Ruchnius. And then in Ruchnius itself, Gavoya Me'al Gavoya. More abstract. Tracing back every reality to its all the way, to its original, original source. Ad And all of this is still not an Erech to the Ein Saif. To the Ein Saif Baruch Hu, where all is infinite, because there everything is Ayin. And even the highest level of Ruchnius had to emerge from Ayin to Yesh. And you're dealing here with the deepest levels of divine energy. So the very existence of a soul, we're not talking here sin, existence is about a tremendous distance. There was a tremendous, to be able to create this differentiation, the soul is struggling with an inherent separation that it went through. And not just a little separation, you know. I'm in Los Angeles, you're in New York for a few weeks. That can also be difficult. This is not Los Angeles and New York, that's his point. You're dealing with infi- infinite transformation. If you cannot identify this tension of the soul, you cannot ultimately heal any tension. Because this is the root of all tension. This tension, this is the root of the tension. Because imagine what this tension is. And this was designed this way. This is a richuk. A person, therefore, has to feel bad for his soul. What do we mean bad? Bad here is not victimized. By rachem rabim means you have to arouse great compassion. Compassion for your existence. Understand that your existence warrants compassion more than anything else. That's what it warrants. It's therefore somebody who's sensitive to this. It's natural for a soul to weep. Of course, this is paraphrasing Tfilas Chana that we read on Rosh Hashanah. Therefore, the Arizal says as following: The Arizal says if somebody doesn't cry on Rosh Hashanah, it means his neshama is not complete. Now, when we read these books in Musr, we hear it as a judgment call. You better cry. You better cry, right? If you don't cry, we always knew you're bad. We always knew you're bad. So it's a very hard way to, to, to grow in Yiddishkeit this way because you're not allowing many messages to come in. You're just right away directing it towards guilt. So you have to understand that Arizal is talking about, he's, talking, he's describing reality. Uh, he's describing reality. He's not judging anybody. On the contrary, what's the reality? So listen to this. That's an interesting question. Why did Arizal decide that Rosh Hashanah daf He didn't understand. What's, what does crying have with Rosh Hashanah? Now you'll understand. What are you crying about? What are you crying about? So people, people will type this Arizal. You're crying because what's going to happen to you this year? It's scary. What's going to happen to you this year? 
somebody's in the waiting room of the hospital, waiting for the doctor to come out and giving the verdict, saying what the CAT scan showed, what the x-rays showed. Now, there's no question that that's a reason to cry. But <coughs> here he sees it completely in a different way. You're crying. What are you crying? You're crying for life. Life is tough. Life equals a painful experience for your soul. What's the p'chil in Nishmasa? Not something wrong that happened or something bad that's going to happen. The very reality of the existence of the Nishama, of what it went through and what it faces in the world is a very emotional experience. Vizel, this is the Pshat, Chazal speak about Mayim Tachtoinim Boichin Anan Be'inin Lamevi Kedamalka. The Zoyer says that the lower waters cry, we want to be before the king. The Medrash says, B'Shashiv L'Kadosh Baruch Hu Be'mayim Lamayim, on day two of creation, Hashem separated the higher water from the lower water. On day one, it says, V'ruach HaLekimer HaChefes HaPnei the Spirit of God hovered over all the water. What happened on day two? Hashem said, A firmament, what we call heaven, should separate the higher water from the lower water. So there's the Mayim above the Rakia, and there's the Mayim below the Rakia. This is the day of split. Higher water, lower water. The whole earth is still not visible. Everything is enveloped with water, but it's Mayim Tachtayna. On day three, Hashem says, the Mayim should retreat. Yikavu, the Mayim should gather into specific places, let dry land emerge. And we have the distinction between oceans, rivers, lakes, streams, wells, and what we call dry land. That's on Yom Shlishi. But already on Yom Sheni there's a division. There's the Mayim above and there's the Mayim below. So Chazal say, from that day on, Mayim the lower waters are weeping. What are they crying about? We want to stand in front of the king. Why were we sent down below the Rakia, below the Rakia. What is this? So the Balatanya says this is basically the cry of Rosh Hashanah. The cry of Rosh Hashanah is the person becomes aware of the tremendous tzimtzum that was necessary in order to allow for his or her state of consciousness. This is not the tzimtzum that was necessary in order for a person to be allowed to sin. That step, that's the next stage in the game. Obviously, once you're independent and once you're detached, so then there could also be complete separation and detachment, at least on a superficial level, or even on a deep level, but at least what's visible to the person. But this is the very p'chia that comes from the state of Mayim Tachtoinim, realizing who, what the Neshama Be'etzim is, what the world Be'etzim is, and what it experiences itself as. Yeah. What's the point? of experiencing this, being so aware, when in fact it's such a short trip, and then you're going back anyway. <laughs> why, why put so much emphasis? Excuse me for my ignorance. No, 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 it's not so, it's not so ignorant. This is a good question. This is a good question. <laughs> why don't you answer, yeah? I'm going to answer, but we're using the word trauma. It sounds like something happened. And eventually it's going to be corrected. 
So then, then that kasha would be like, okay, just get over it, eventually correct it. But it's, it's, this is a present moment experience. We're, we're going, it's not we went through a trauma. We're going through a trauma right now. This is life. This is ongoing. It's an ongoing, it's an ongoing trauma. Because the avoid the ish to do it yourself. Because this is not a tragedy. The tears here are not tragic. The tears here are becoming aware of the of the awesomeness of the experience, of the awesomeness of the reality. The tears here are not tears of, of, of a, a Greek a Greek uh, a Greek tragedy that everything ends in tragedy. The tears are the emotional experience of separation that is ongoing with the objective to be able to develop and fully bring in godliness into the yesh without just reverting back to the ayin. The point here is not to destroy the world. The point here is not to destroy the independence. The point here is not to chalila uh, uh, kill oneself and just go back to the source. The point here is to be able to reveal the achdos, the oneness, within a world of fragmentation, within a consciousness of fragmentation. So there's an objective in this very process. What does that do for us once we're going on? <laughs> I'm sorry? What does that do for us, the individual, once we pass down? After? Yeah. You mean after a person lives? Yeah, when you pass on, you go to the next realm. What does that, what is this, all this business do? The, the recognition, the feeling, the going through, the, how, how does that help the soul once it goes to the next realm? Can I? I can't, I can't help myself here, but, but people, who go, people who go through trauma and are totally present and reactive and responsive and dealing with the trauma as it's happening with a total present moment awareness, you usually do not suffer PTSD. I'm, I'm just hearing the same thing here. It's, it's not. He's saying he's saying that people who go through trauma in life, and they're present while it happens, and they're in tune to it, and they don't deny it or repress it or make believe it doesn't exist. They don't suffer from the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. Because they integrated it. So we go to the next round. That's what you mean? Post-stress yes. <coughs> disorder. Is that the yeah. Reverend Noah speaks about the act of creation and what Hashem does is an act of kindness. He's a non-sick. So if this is a world of trauma that we have to be beside in order to get back to the ayin in our yeshes, how is, if it's trauma, how is it a world of kindness? Of what? Kindness. God created the Right. Kids. So I think, I think that the, what we speak a lot about the kindness, it means that it allows for a relationship. And a relationship requires independence. A melech, like we learned, is not a moishal, is not a dictator. So the only way there could be a relationship is if you allow for independence. But independence means there's separation. And the separation is a very challenging experience for the neshama. So it's a kindness despite the trauma. Right. I think it's a kindness that comes through working with the yesh, through being able to embrace it and face it and realize that this is where the objective of existence is. Yes, exactly. This yirid is It's the yisr that only comes min hachayshach. And the aliyah for the neshama is deeper than it was even initially. 
That's what the neshama gets out of it. The aliyah for the, nesh- the ascent for the neshama, the neshama ascends through this even more than it than its original state. <coughs> so he says. So this is the mayim tachtoinim that are crying. This will explain what's the connection of tkiyas shayfer to Rosh Hashanah. Here again, it's a very difficult thing to understand. Why did the Torah decide suddenly on the first day of the year you have to start blowing shayfer? Psad Yagan gives ten reasons. Torah doesn't say anything. Yom Trua, why, what, when, where, who, vas. So we take it for granted. Rosh Hashanah, you start blowing. What, what, for what, for who? You know, take a violin, Mela. If you want to already give us a musical... But the shayf is not very musical. See, Taichas now will understand that it's based on the whole idea of what Rosh Hashanah is. First of all, you have Tkiyah, Shvarim, Trua, Tkiyah. So it's interesting. We learned in Shulchan Aruch, Semitavkov, the whole halachic evolution of Tkiyah Shayf. How do you get to a Shvarim, to a Trua, to a Tkiyah? So the Gemara in the end of Rosh Hashanah has a whole sugya. Basically, we learned in Shulchan Aruch, the mother of Sisra. We're not sure if she sighed, if she sobbed, if she did both. So we don't know what a true is, so we do saya shvarim, we do saya true, we do both, and we always need a tkiyah before and after. So that's Pashat and Halacha, how it developed. Here he discusses what does it represent from a spiritual point of view, from an emotional point of view. So he says, tkiyah kal Pashat. Tkiyah always is a simple sound. What do we mean simple? Simple here means it's not broken. It's not fragmented. It's straightforward. It's simple. Tkiyah represents chuka, a yearning which is plain, simple. Ru'usa deliba, a plain, simple here doesn't mean simple in the sense that it's it's dumb, like, you know, simpleton. Simple here means it's the yearning, ru'usa deliba, the rotsen halev, the yearning of the heart. Shvarim utrua amru begemara, shvarim and the gemara describes Shoshana Lamad Gimel. It's the sigh and the sob. So this is what Arizal got it. So when Arizal says, Call me Shane Boychaber Shoshana, the Gemara says, Shvarim and True is Gnuche Ganach Yulayol. So we touch it, it means it has to sound like a sigh and a sob. He says, No, it's the concept of the Pchia, the Shvarim and the True is essentially the voice of the soul that is crying on Rosh Hashanah. Why is it called Shvarim Trua? Not because the person has broken himself. Because that allows you to break the shells in your life, the husks in your life, the blockages. Koyachaklipus means the power of the husks, the shells that block. And the Sitrachir, the other side. You should break them with a Shevet Barzel, with the scepter of. Iron. Vigam trua milashi ruusa de liba. True in Aramaic also means ruusa. Ruusa is rotsam in Aramaic. Kumashakasav, and we have it even in Chumash, Usruas Melech Boy. Rashi says, the rotsam of the Melech Ruus, the rotsam of the Melech is in him. Shamachmas Pchia Virachmanazuchalamata. Because this sense of compassion down here and these tear, this crying, Ma'ir Lamaila Ratsan Alyan Vispisiris Rachimalyan Makara Rachman. Also evokes above a deep desire and a tremendous isoiris rachamim rabim mimakir rachamim from the source of rachamim to be able to make the person whole again. When you Hashem's rachmanis, what does it mean? Hashem has rachmanis. Again, you can touch Hashem's rachmanis. 
Chus v'rachem aleinu, Shema k'aleinu, Hashem alkeinu, what's chus v'rachem aleinu? Have rachmanus. I should have a good day at work. I should have what I need. I should have all the blessings I need, me, my family. Okay, that's the basic request, but rachmanus here is something else. Chus v'rachem aleinu is to be able to undo the tzimtzum, to be able to make the person whole again. You should allow me to understand who I am. And therefore, vehin yigimul midas harachim emhal yoyinim shabehem nemar vayaver Hashem al panav. The yigimul midas are introduced always with an introduction. Hashem passed al panav. What does it mean al panav? Says Pidush vayaver kadam oivim emakim lemakim vayaver like a person who travels goes from one place to another place. Kach vayaver Hashem al panav mepchina el yoyinim oit from a very high state he passes she is gala al panav he should be revealed al panav on his face. What does this mean? Panim hemchinas levushim. Ponim, the face represents the garments, all the garments that can, can conceal and restrict the infinite presence. The ponim that we talk about the face refers to the ten names of Hashem that are not erased. All names are oisius, are letters. In other words, names are the way you are projected, you are expressed. They're always levushim. It's your name, it's your reputation, it's your resume. It's the way you're experienced by others. This is the way the Ein Saif comes, comes from an ayin, it becomes a yesh, it's a levushim. Hashem goes alponov, beyond his face. Uksiv yoyer Hashem ponov. What do you mean yoyer Hashem ponov? She yoyer aponim shelo yalimu v'lo yastiru kvoidah. The face that you show is the face that other people could see. Vayavr Hashem alponov means he moves away above his face. Yoyer Hashem ponov elechem berches kayana means he should show the light behind the face, that the face should not eclipse. Ukamay sheyila asid v'nigla kvoid Hashem. The Gemara says he takes out the sun from its encasement. What does this mean spiritually? That Shem Havaya comes out of its It's going to be also physically. That's part of the Schar, the Gemara says. But today, everything that comes out in the schar happens today, but today it happens in In other words, when we speak about schar, it's never divorced from what we do. That's what he says here. Hayoim and machar are not two separate realities. The Pasuk says at the end of Eschanan, all these mitzvahs that I commanded you, hayoim la soisam, to do today. So the Gemara says, Rashi brings today to do, v'loy l'machar, l'machar l'kabal schar, tomorrow you get the reward. The Balatanya says, today and tomorrow are not two separate realities. What happens today in Ruchnius will come out tomorrow in Gashmius. In other words, the schar of a mitzvah is not something separate from the mitzvah. It is the mitzvah. It's just the impact of the mitzvah revealed in a physical way. So, for example, you have a, a play. The stage is not set up when the curtains open. The stage is set up before the curtains are open. When the curtain opens, you get to see what has been set up before. The world of Lamachar, the world of Mashiach, the world of L'asad Lave is not a different world. It's just the curtains open up. You get to see what was happening in this world. It's the same world. It's just manifested. So the Moitzi Chama Minarteka physically happens then. 
the spiritual Moitzi Chamanatika happens now, then it's just going to be an opening of the curtains. In other words, the alignment of the Yesh with the Ayin happens throughout history. It's not the world of Mashiach is a separate universe. You finish your job, and here's your paycheck. The paycheck has nothing to do with what you did. The paycheck has to do with, I'm rewarding you. That's not the Vart. The Vart is, the paycheck is generated. It's revenue that you created. You understand? That's Pshat Schar Mitzvah Mitzvah. It is the mitzvah. You're just seeing what you did. So la'asid lava is today's world with the curtains opened up. But it's really the same reality. That's why Moitzi Chamam in Arteka essentially is a description of Avaidus Hashem today in Ruchnius. In Gashmich we don't have the sun coming out of its Nartik, nor do we have Avaya coming out of Eloi Kid. The Seder Avoida that's established in Nefesh Adam is how do you reveal this Beruchnius in your soul in a complete Avoida? It's through arousing the compassion, the Rachmanis on your Neshama, with the tears of Ginuche Ganech Yulule Yalu, the sigh and the sob. So, therefore, in conclusion, is a result of the soul trying to go back to where it belongs, to where it always was. That is Tkiyah Shaifer. You always start with a Tkiyah. Tkiyah is the Ru'usa de Libah, the simple yearning of the heart. That's the Tkiyah. It's plain. It's not complicated. And it's not dissected in details. It's the Ru'usa de Libah of the soul of the Jew, to go out of the world which is based on a post-Simpson reality and return to its own Ein Saif, which means really return to its own Neshama, because this is the Neshama. It's not that the Neshama is something else. The Neshama is one with the Ein Saif, and yet the person becomes a new type of person in this world. The person becomes a yesh in this world, and was supposed to become a yesh in this world. Rosh Hashanah, you bridge the gap. Rosh Hashanah starts the journey upwards, just like on the first Rosh Hashanah, Hashem Malach, Geus Lavish, because till Adam came into the world, the evolution was going downward, not upward. And then this world, on sixth day, you hit, so to speak, rock bottom, and then Rosh Hashanah starts the ascent upwards from the yesh back to the ayin, but not by obliterating the process, but revealing and working through the process. Working through the process that from the prat you come back to the klam. In order to do this, the person first has to acknowledge the descent. First has to acknowledge the transformation. First has to acknowledge what he calls the tated ployim, the tremendous, <coughs> the tremendous yirida, that the world and the Nisham experienced, and Tkiyah Shoifer is that yearning, whether it's in the Tkiyah, the Ru'usa, the Libah, and then the Shvarim and the Tru, which are different types of Tkiyah, whether it's a sigh or it's a sob, but it's different types of weeping. What is the weeping for? The weeping for is the person has, Rachmanus has compassion for their own Nishama, what it went through, and can acknowledge it, can really, really acknowledge it, and then afterwards comes again a Tkiyah, Isn't this a recipe for depression? I think it's the other way around, no? It's the only way not to get depressed. Yeah, so broken, 
I think it's the only way not to get depressed, right? Yeah, uh, you want to explain again? Say, say, say. He's asking a good Shiloh. This sounds like very depressing. Who? You're aware of your sadness and brokenness. That's not depression. It's sadness and brokenness. And what's the alternative? The alternative is depression. <laughs> Why? Why, when you're not aware, does it become depression? Depression is running away from the pain. You understand? Depression is running away from pain, not being aware of pain. Being aware of pain eliminates depression. You look at sadness and depression. Pain and depression are two separate things. Pain and depression are not the same thing. So when a person runs away from their pain, or they deny their pain, or they make believe it doesn't exist, or they feel guilty about their pain, that's a big one, then it breeds a sense of depression. But when a person could look at it and acknowledge it and feel it and know what it is, then on the contrary. It's not something bad that, that happened to you. Exactly. It's the you. Right. So there's no, there's no depression involved, there's no sadness involved. Right. You just yeah. realize what you are and you realize what you are, you realize the process of life, and you realize what life entails, and the different things one goes through life, which is all a result of this. Remember, all of life is a result of this Yerida, everything we experience in life. So when a person can understand that the biggest tension here is, the tension that they have to face of dealing with existence itself, everything really now falls into place. So the Nekudah in summation here is that the story of existence of creation is a story of Klau, Prat, and the objective is that the Prat could and should and will be reunited with the Klau. And yet, there's a uniqueness in the second unity that comes after the, after the separation, after the differentiation, because it's what he calls the Yisra Na'ar, Min HaChoshech, it's the light that comes from the darkness, from the separation, from the apparent fragmentation, where one reveals that really there's no separation, really it's all one. And the gap, the gap that's there, the separation that's there, is only to allow the person to experience a relationship on their own terms. So in other words, the separation is simply to create a much deeper unity. Because there's unity that comes without differentiation. So Yilchatchila don't exist. The kavana of the whole Bria was that the unity should be a far deeper unity. So in many ways a separation is not really a separation because the whole purpose of the separation was simply to be able to reveal the unity within the Prat. To be able to reveal that even the Yesh is really one with the ayin. Huh? Can you can you Cats used to be a film director, so he said, that's the formula of Hollywood. Boy meets girl, boy loses girl. It's a war, there's a dinosaur, there's a... Uh, and then there's a reuniting. That's the formula of creation. I don't know why he has to go to Hollywood. He no, can read Shir HaShidim. No, no. If you learn Shir HaShidim... The island that he's teaching, he's saying, I think every all drama, drama all drama is basically, drama is, you know, the ideal perfect world. 
the separation and all the pain that comes with that and the overcoming of it. Right? Why is that so inherent? Why, why is that what we call drama? Because I guess it's rooted in a very, uh, in a very deep space of reality. So, and, and this has many ramifications. The first thing is, to put it in simple English, a person has to, I guess, cut, what's the word, cut themselves some slack. That the separation is not uh, a result of error, of sin, of corruption, of, uh, of them being bad. It's part of the process. It's essential to the process. It's not the end of the world. It's the beginning of the world. It's you know? the beginning of the world, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't mean I have to worship my separation, but it means that's intrinsic to existence. Intrinsic to existence is that there's a sense of separateness. Now, psychology, you know, this is big discussions about mothers and children and the attachment to the mother and the detachment from the mother. It's, you know, it's a pretty loaded, it's a pretty loaded topic on many different levels. But here we're talking in terms of the ain't Saif and the human being in the world, especially the Neshama. Because the Neshama experiences this even more. Because of what the Neshama is, essentially, as he says, it's kalul, it's a chelakilakamima. But the whole purpose of the gap was to realize that the unity that comes from that space is a far deeper, far more enduring unity, a real unity, and one that ultimately personifies the whole objective of existence. As he says, Nesava Kadesh that there should be the achdus, the synchronization between the yesh and the ayin. And when we say the ayin, we mean the divine energy which animates the yesh, and deeper, the divine energy, the way it is in its ultimate source, where it is also ayin. It is ayin because it's like the ray of the sun. In the sun, it's like the solar, like the light wave in the solar core. Pretzimtz. Well, he said, the chama will come out of its nartik. Hayoyim la'asoysam. Sometimes it's a battle. Sometimes it's not a... We don't always have to make it a battle. Sometimes it's a real battle. Sometimes it's a smaller battle. Sometimes it's a, it's a tremendous tainuk. Sometimes it's a tremendous tainuk. But his point was that all of Torah mitzvahs is based on this. And with each... With Torah mitzvahs, there's a real yichud between the yesh and the ayin. So yes, there's a certain sense of yesh that remains, and it's supposed to remain. But in Torah and Mitzvahs, you have the yichud of Hashem alakim, l'shem yichud, that's the same yichud, kutsu brichu, or shrinte. It's not really the beginning of the end, it's the beginning of the, 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 the whole... So a person has to be able yet to, to, to uh, appreciate this process, and... Uh, what? Yeah. Now, uh, he points that Rosh Hashanah is the key moment when this, when the gap is overcome, so to speak, when the unity could be created, and part of that comes from the very understanding of the pain of the separation, which is what Kiyah Shoifer is. And Derech Agav, we just learned in Simantov Kov Tzadik that if you blow Shoifer from the broad side, you're not Yoytza, Min HaMetzar, what's the Havana of this? What do we care if you blow Shoifer from the broad side? Okay, it's not the easiest way to produce sounds. <clears throat> but let's say you could produce a sound, If I guess if you're really skilled. What do we care if you blow Shafer from the wide side, not from the narrow side? The point here is very clear. 
Because the point of Tkiya Shoifer is the recognition of the tremendous journey of the soul and of the whole world to a point that it exists in a place of Meitzar, in a place of smallness, in a place of Tzimtzum. There's that differentiation. And the very calling out, that is what overcomes the separation. And then is Anani Bamerchav Yutke. Bamerchav is this Harchava. So Tkiya, he says, is the Ruusa the Libet, the Ratzon Halev. Shvarim and Tru are different forms of the, of the, of the pain, of the difficulty, of the, of the distress that life entails from a person who experiences on some level the separation. And let's understand that essentially all, all suffering in the world is really coming from this separation. The question is how you see it, but it's all ultimately traced back to this. It's just how it trickles down and it manifests itself. So this is really the confrontation, the, the, the looking at it, steering at it, and appreciating it for what it is. And he says the very cry of the Tkiya Shoifer that creates the Vayavr Hashem Alponov Vayikra, that he should transcend even his face. Yor Hashem Ponov Elecha. That through the Trua, through the Rachmanis, he's Ma'irer, the Yud Gimel Midas Harachimim, which is Yoyer Hashem Panavelecha, Vayavan Hashem Al Panavayikra, that there should be the Yichud between the Yesh and the Ayah. It says, Valzer Nemar, on this the Pasuk says, the line starts Yolil, you see, second column, page 110, Alzer Nemar. We now go back to the original Pasuk, Tiku Bachoidish Shoifer Bakestel Yoim Chageno, Kichoikli Yisrael Humishpatolekeyakov. And the Pele here is, Chazal already pointed out, it doesn't say a date. It says, blow Shoifer in the month. Blow which month? So the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, Ezel Chag Shachodesh Meskasev Vayavayim Ezei Rosh Hashanah. Tiku Bachodesh would mean blow Shoifer when the Chodesh, from the word Chidush, when the month is renewed. In other words, the only Yom Tif, when? The only Yom that's celebrated on Rosh Chodesh is Rosh Hashanah. Because all the other holidays are in the middle of the month. So it's the only Yom Tif that's celebrated by Chodesh, when there's a new moon. So Tiku Bachaydish, when there's a new moon, you should blow Shoifer. That Yom Tif that you celebrate when there's a new moon. Yeah, maybe I have a meaning that. <coughs> huh? Elo? Yeah. No. <coughs> it says in Chumash, It says clearly in Parshish Pinchas and Parshish Emmer. It's not called Rosh Hashanah, but the Yom Tif is, is mentioned in Chumash. Yom Tru Yilachem. So then, Emmer Tiku Bachaydish Shoifer. That this Chaydish, that has to be Tkiyah. What's this Chaydish? The sixth day of creation. This is Eirus has to be with the Kol Shoifer, not with the voice of man. When you cry, you cry with your own mouth, your own voice. So Rosh Hashanah, you could stand up and start crying. No, you have to use Dafka the Kol Shoifer, the ram's horn. Because by the creation of man, it says, Ocher Vekedem Tsartoni. Avodah Melech says, "Ocher v'kedem tsartani v'atoshes alai kapecha and tehillim." What does it mean, "Ocher v'kedem"? You afford me "Ocher" last and "kedem" first. So Chazal say, "Ocher l'maiseberishes." Adam is the last one in maiseberishes. Ocher, he's the last one. And Chazal say, "Masechta Sanhedrin," that when man sins, we tell him, "Yitush kadmach." Even a flea, a mosquito, preceded you. So he says, but here we come to another point. Because 
כמוי בכל שופר של בהמה. ששור שלו מיילה מיילה ממדרגס האדם, אלא שנופלו למטה מטה ממדרגס האדם כנוידה. There is something in the animal that the human being doesn't have. Because, although he doesn't elaborate here, but we spoke about this once, that the shoyrish of a behemoth, why is it that Hashem made that food is dafka from the lower forms of creation the person could live? The animals don't need us, we need the animals. Vegetation doesn't need us, but we need vegetation. The only way a person could live is if you eat fruits, vegetables, or the animals you eat. It's a pella. That the person can only get life, including spiritual life, neshama life, through the behemoth. And he answers over there, he explains, of the animal, or of the, of the vegetables, or of the fruits. He says, but a person also has moitza Hashem. But the moitza Hashem in them is higher. There's something in the shayrish of a behemoth that's even higher than a person. Yes, it fell down, he says, of the process called Shvirah Sakelem, whatever is higher, falls lower. And that's why the person needs the behemoth. So he says, when you use the ram's horn, there's something that gets triggered in a space by Hashem that's deeper even than the human cry. It's not your own. You're taking an animal to cry through the animal. But there's something that's triggered through that space, that space in the person. And to understand this, more psychologically or emotionally, you have this in a person himself. You have the chelik ha'adam in the person. You have the chelik ha'behemah in the person. When the chelik ha'behemah in the person cries, there's something very profound in that simple. There's something simple, uncomplicated, and deep, deep, primal, primal, that was the word. There's something very primal in that sound that comes from a deeper place than this complex sophistication of the homo sapien. The behemoth, the kol shoifers l'chayre, it's a ram's horn. But nonetheless, in that ram's horn, it's mushrish, there's something rooted in it. The animal voice, the animal coil, that's deeper even than koil Is that why we base uh, part of Sisro's mother? Could be, could be. O mizan nimshech bekesel yoyim chageinu. What happens when you take the shoifer of the behemoth, which comes from a higher place than the person, and therefore could be ma'ayed higher madregas than the person? What happens next is, bekesa le'yoyim chageinu. And here you have the whole nekudah. Kesa comes from the word kisui, cover. Pirush, mebchin is bekesa. From the state of kesa, shuhulosh in his skasos, from the word cover, michsa. This almus ain't soif baruch. From the concealment of the infinity. The whole cosmic process that he explained. That from pure infinity, ultimately the divine energy is restricted and is manifested all the way below to create physical reality that we know. Nimshech, from this bakesa, you have what? You have chagenu. We teach chagenu, a holiday, chag. But Peter's is another pshat of Chagenu. Chagenu miloshin achvilei b'machayk. Chagigid afhei. The Gemara tells a story with Rabbi Yeshua ben Chananya, who was summoned to the king with uh, 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 his opponent, who was an anti-Semite, and they had a contest in front of the king with riddles. 
The Gemara has an expression there, He made a gesture to him, he pointed to him with his finger. So he says, Chagenu represents expression to the point that you point. The Gemara says that he was pointing with his finger this way, that way. Kamar Shamru Razal, the Gemara says at the end of Tainus, Asida Kadesh Baruch Hu Lasis Machel Hashem is going to make a dance, a Machel for Tzadikim, a Marin Olav Be'etzpa, Ve'oimrim, Hinei Alekeinu Zek, Kivinu Lo Yerei Hashem, Zeh Hashem, Kivinu Lo Yerei Hashem, Kivinu Lo Yerei Hashem, Sheyeh Giloy Alekusi Yez Baruch Ba'oilam, Ve'loyiyah Ha'oilam Ma'ilam, What's that Marin Olav Be'etzpa, they're going to point with the finger? In other words, it's a euphemism, it's a symbol, when something is very revealed, you could say, ah, here it is. It's not Nister anymore. Somebody who's not here, I can't say here he is. I could talk about him in third person. Or her in third person. Maribetz boy, That's what he says. There'll be Maribetz boy. So when the Gemara says, it means he pointed with a finger. means On this day of the new moon, Rosh Hashanah, the sixth day of creation, when Adam Arishan comes into the world, so now the world could be reversed. From separation, you create unity. From yes, you create ayin. From detachment, you create attachment. From the pain of existence, you see it as an invitation for a deeper form of unity. That's what it is. That it should be from you, within you. It should be a relationship. A relationship can only come from differentiation. If I never detach from you, I could never be attached to you. You heard what I said? If you're not detached, you can't be attached. Which is why, it's interesting, Adam and Chava were created as Siamese twins, attached. Would have made for wonderful Shalom bias. She would always know where he is. Imagine your wife always knows where you are. There's no texting when you're coming home, when you're coming home. It was a Machaya, Siamese twins. She washes the dishes, you got to be there with her. A Machaya, it's a wonderful... Yeah, they say the old sad joke that the only woman who knows where her husband always is is a widow. Besides that, they're always wondering. It's a nasty joke. They're always wondering where uh, where uh, where where the husband is. Siamese twins, Amachaya. What did Hashem do? He separated Adam and Chava when on Rosh Hashanah. It's called the Nesira. So there's another mime of the Balatanya here in Rosh Hashanah. He speaks Lahav and Inyan, and he said the decoupling. Nesira means decoupling. Huh? Sawing, like right? sawing, yeah, necessary, right? You, you, you detach. So what happened with Adam and Chava is surgical decoupling. From a couple, from oneness, he made a fragmentation. Why? So that there could actually be a much different type of unity. A unity that comes from separation, not from attachment. The unity that comes from attachment is very one, but it's because there's no self. The yesh never emerged. You were never born. You were never born, so you're also, you, of course you're, atta- you're attached by default. You're not attached by choice. Malch, that's memshala. Malchus, shatamlichuni aleicha means you're attached by choice. The only way you can be attached by choice is if you can also separate. If you're not separate, how can you be attached by choice? By default, you're attached. That's a Siamese twins. That's why there's an expression in another Maimah. He says that other men, Chava, when they were created, it was ocher ba'ocher, back to back. When they're separated, now it could be ponim ba'ponim, face to face. So it's not just physically that you could look, Adam and Chava could look at it, it also represents mentally. A relationship back to back, you could be very connected, but you never see each other. You can't appreciate the other as an other. 
Why? Because they're not another. They're just by default connected to you. So in many ways, it's a very strong connection. And many people like to hold on to such relationships. But it's essentially back-to-back. You never see the other person. You don't even see an other. The other is simply an outgrowth of you because it's just part of who I am. Ponem be actually means I see you. And I see you as not me because if it's me, it's not you. So the relationship is coming from me being me and you being you and then we choose to connect. That happens on Rosh Hashanah. That's why Adam and Chava are separated on Rosh Hashanah. It's metaphoric of the separation of Hashem and the universe and the soul. So you have Tiku Bachoyder Shoifer. You start the process of what attachment? How? Through the Shoifer. The Shoifer tells you two things. First of all, cut yourself slack. Of course you're separated. You're not one anymore. Good morning. You have to wake up and uh, you know smell the coffee. You're not one. You have to take responsibility for your life and you have to understand that there is separation with all that comes with separation. Nonetheless, what is it there for? So you should be able to create a deeper connection, a deeper attachment. And the very appreciation of the pain of separation and the screaming out about that pain is what allows you to overcome that separation. is what allows you to heal that separation. And that's why Bakesa brings Yom Chagenu, the ability of Chagenu to point with your finger. The Kesed is, almost the Kisui, is all Yom Chagenu. That's what the Pasuk says. Tiku Shoifer. So that the Kesed should be able to be transformed into a day, into a Yom as in Oy, revelation of what? To the point of Chagenu, Marebetz, Boiva, in a much deeper way because it comes from from uh, from the yesh becoming one with the ayin, and then the pasuk continues ki choik li yisrael hu mishpat Literally, choik we translate as a statue, a law, like chokim, right? Choik li yisrael hu. It's a law for Israel. Mishpat. It's a time of mishpat, justice, judgment. Lelake yakif for the God of Yaakov. Which, if we understand the Pasuk as Rosh Hashanah, this would be the first place that it would say that Rosh Hashanah is a Yom of Mishpat. Because in Chumash, doesn't say anything about Rosh Hashanah being a Yom Hadin or anything else. It just says it's a Yom Tif. We don't even know why it's a Yom Tif in Chumash. It doesn't say. It just says, B'chodesh Hashvi, B'echad L'chodesh, it should be a Yom true Yilachem. But here he says, Choyk L'Yisrael. So Zagte Balatanya, Choyk doesn't only mean a law. Choyk is Miloshin, we say in Eishas Chayel every Friday night from Mishle. Vatitain, remember? Vatitain Teref Leveso, the Choyk Lenaroisah. The woman gives Teref, Teref would mean uh, food, prey, nourishment. nourishment for her home. And the Choyk is Mazain, nurture, food, nourishment, Lenaroisah to her, to her children, to her youth. V'chein, we have a Pasuk, also in Mishlei, Perek Lamed, Hatrifeni Lechem Chuki. Give me, bestow upon me, Lechem Chuki. The bread of my mozen, Shuloshen Mozen. means food, nurture. Keloimar, Choyk Yisrael, who doesn't only mean it's a law. Choyk means it's a day of nurture, it's a day of mozen, it's a day of food Yisrael. It's like it's a day of a flow of a communication to the Jewish people. What does this mean? In the Pasik, he starts with Yisrael and he ends with Yaakov. So now we look at it and we say just for poetic reasons, you make here Yisrael, you make Yaakov, you don't want to repeat the same word twice. It's not, uh, it's not a sophisticated way of writing. 
But the truth is that the Tehillim, like the Tanakh itself, is every word is by divine inspiration, so it's profoundly precise. So we're now going to discover two states of consciousness in the Jew, which is called Yisrael and Yaakov. When you want to describe Rosh Hashanah in terms of Yisrael, you say Chaykli Yisrael. Rosh Hashanah in terms of Yaakov, it's Mishpat Lelekei Yaakov. For a person to be in a state of Yisrael, what's Yisrael? Yisrael is a combination of two words. Lamed Yud, Resh Aleph Shin, right? Yisrael. You have Lamed Yud, that's the first letter and the last letter, and then in the middle letters is Shin Resh Aleph, which makes Rosh. So together you have Li Rosh, my head, or a head to me. So take the human being. The regal, the leg, the foot, and all the parts of the body, you know, even the foot, is completely subservient to the brain. Whatever the brain chapped on the brain, we're running, we're running, we're walking, we're walking. No no That's the key. It's not that the regal goes through a struggle. So I'm sitting giving a shit and I want to lift up my hand because I'm talking. So I tell my arm, my brain sends a message to my arm, you know, you should right now lift up your hand, it'll be better for the shear. The hand says, I'm not in the mood. I'm not in the mood. Who told you what to do? It doesn't work that way in the body. The synchronization of the body is one, that the leg, the hand, every limb is essentially the brain. It's an embodiment, it's an expression, it's a manifestation. It's one, it's one entity. Even though physically this is in the place of the brain. It's not like they have to struggle with themselves and say, you know, who is this brain? He's such a tyrant. He's going to control my life. My brain is not controlling my life. That's it. It's time for autonomy. It's time for independence. We're stronger than the brain. It's not a problem. You can drill your skull, take out the little mushy jello brain, how big is it, and throw it in the garbage. But for some reason, a healthy human being does not do that because the moment the brain goes into the garbage... The foot and the hand and all of them is Yisgadal v'yisgadash. So it's not that there's a struggle. There's a psarotzen. And then the regal says, despite the fact that I'm not interested, I'm going to do it. We're talking, of course, if the body is capable. If the regal is not capable, so then we're not dealing with that. But the moment there's a capability, the rush says, this is what we're doing. The regal does this. Kach. So when you call a Jew Yisrael, it means he's in a state of lirosh. What says lirosh? Kach. Yisrael. Nekroi bonam lomak. Jewish people are called children of Hashem. Chazal tell us, This is Bidik. A child, a son, is the foot, is the foot of the father. Why, why do they say this? What means the foot of the father? He says, A real relationship between a father and a son is one, but for this the father has to be a father, the son has to be a son. When you have a real relationship between a father and a son, it's not that there's a struggle. I would like to do my thing. You would like me to do this thing. I'm going to overcome because there's a mitzvah of kibbud av and because I do need my allowance at the end of the month. And that's very important. The true definition of childhood, in other words, if you see yourself as a child, we don't always see ourselves as children and our fathers as fathers. But if you experience what a child experiences and the father experiences what a father experiences, it's like the relationship between Bra Karadavu. There's a complete oneness between the two. So when Jews are called Bonam Lamakim, that's what the Ben is. It's like the Regal and the Rosh. There's a oneness that's very, very deep. When my father, Zechren Levracha, passed away, so he was a very interesting personality and a little mysterious. So uh, 
I went to a friend of his who knew him very, very well. And this man was a, uh, an essayist, a writer, a journalist for many years. Uh, a thinker's name was Yeshua Dabrowski, passed away already. He was like a deep thinker. He had a chush in psychology. So I asked him, a few weeks after his death, I went to see him and I asked him to describe to me the essence of my father. I knew my father well, but I wanted to know the essence of my father. So he, 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 he understood these things. He understood, he understood things very deeply. So he thought and thought and thought and thought, and he says, I can't tell you. I don't have what to tell you. So I'm like, okay, that's it. He says, no. If you look into your own essence, you'll find your father's essence. If you'll be able to find your essence, you'll find there your father's essence. So that's what he's saying here. That's what he's saying. That in other words, in the real place of the Ben, in the Nakuda Hapnimis of the Ben, that's where you find your father. And that's where the father finds the son. That's Yisrael. So the Jew as a Yisrael, meaning Li Rosh, God is my head, is the relationship of Rakaradavu. Then that's one thing. Then there's Inyan Mishpat Lalakayakov. Hainu. Yisrael Nikrabchinas Ben. Bnibchari Yisrael. Yaakov Nikrabchinas Evan. Yaakov doesn't mean a head, Yaakov means a heel. Akev, the sole of the foot. Pidush, Pchinus ben, brak haradavu, ayinu, Pchinus bitl mamash, kiregel lagabi harach. The son is like the foot and the head, they're one. Vavodim, then this Yaakov is called an Evet. The Pasuk says, Avdi Yaakov. What's Avdi Yaakov? Yaakov is an Evet. Yisrael is a ben. Bni, Pchoyri Yisrael, that's why he brings these Pesukim. Yisrael and Chumash is associated with Ben. Yaakov is associated with Avdus. It's two states of consciousness. Avodim ayinu sheyesh lamrotzen acher. K'moy evet, shuzor v'nifrid. Take the classic situation. What's an evet? A slave, a servant. What's the concept? It's somebody who really doesn't belong to you. He's a slave. He doesn't belong to you. He's separate. He's... A child is really one with a father. It's interesting. Even in Halacha, the Ragat Shavar, proved from, explains the whole sugi of Abbasra, by explaining that there's no, the Gemara says that Yerusha is not called Shinu Yerushus. You know, by a Gazlan, if somebody steals something from you, so if there's Yiyush and Shinu Yerushus, I mean, you give up and he changes domains, so there's an element of Kinyan, and therefore he just has to pay back the value, not the object itself. The question is if Yerusha is called Shinu Yerushus. So Chazal say Yerusha is not Shinu Yerushus. So the Rekhachava says, because a ben oimed b'makam ha'av, hu hu etzem ha'av. It's not called a change, a transference from one domain to another domain. It's the same etzem. The ben is the av on a certain level. The ben is the aim on a certain level. In an unconscious space, or sometimes conscious, but in their core there's a oneness. So it's not a shinur, it's not went over from one generation to another generation. On one level, on some level it's mamish oneness. But we know that at some point the baby is born. The baby differentiates from the father and mother. And then sometimes there comes a struggle. Like probably quite a few people sitting around this table, it's, you know, it's not so simple with your father. It's not so simple with your mother. And some spent years trying to figure out, do I like my father? Do I hate my father? Is my father the hero? Is my father the villain? Is my father the greatest sadhik who ever lived? Or is my father the worst person who ever lived? Is my father clueless? Or is he just uh, whacked out of his... Whatever it is. Is he a survivor? Is he a victim? Everyone deals with stuff, right? Because there's differentiation. You can't remain in the womb forever. You have to become separate. 
the Eved is a separate person. The Eved is not mine. So even when an Eved is loyal, the Gemara says in Gitten, Avda, Behefkeire Nicholai. The Eved is Behefkeire. He wants Hefkeires. He doesn't want to serve you. It's a suppression of self. It's not who he is. So it's a struggle. You can't compare it to a Ben. So the Ben represents there's oneness, even if you don't feel the oneness. Avdos means that there's essentially separateness. Come I ever choose Zarv and Nifrit? What do you see in the Lushan of Yaakov, the idea of Avdos? Now you're saying Yisrael, Lirosh. There's a Pasuk, no? Avdi Yaakov. Altira, Avdi Yaakov. We say Metzai Shabbos. So Yaakov, he associates with Eved. Why? Because there's a state of Ekev, there's a state of Rosh. In Rosh, there's the full consciousness of your Dveikus with the Boyer Island. In Regal, there's no consciousness. Yaakov, in the soul of the foot, the Avizir Abnasan says that the Ekev is Malach HaMavis Adam. Because the small, the, the weakest blood circulation is in the foot, feet. Right? That's why diabetics that have bad sweat, the first thing gets affected is the feet. Because it's, 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 it's a more, less life, there's less vitality there. So there's less consciousness. Avizir Abnasan says that the Ekev is Malach HaMavis Adam. So but he's still an Eved. He does what the Master wants. But there's a battle. And there's many obstacles. He has to subdue. He has to confront. He has to battle. Yisrael is a model of transformation. In other words, alignment. Yaakov is a model of Iskafia, which is basically subjugation from the word koifen, koifen I say. Ishabch is from the word venapoichu, you are transformed, there's no struggle anymore. Iskafia means I have to sometimes force myself. It's two different stages in Avayda Sashem. So therefore, we have the model of Yisrael, the Jew who's conscious of a relationship that's one, it's not a struggle anymore. It's the greatest geshmak to do the Ratzon of Hashem is the greatest geshmak. It's like the foot following the head that's who it is it's, it's, it's not, it's not a, I'm not battling it that's who I am I am my brain my brain is one with me we work together it's a single organism it's not like there's different parts of the body it's one organism and the brain is the consciousness of the entire organism so he tells the regal what to do the regal feels that is my union I am a chalik of the rosh it's not a, it's a struggle the child is a chalik of the father and the mother, like a, when a baby, a baby feels this. You see the dvekas of babies with parents before the whole, <laughs> before growing up. They say Mark Twain said, when I was nine, my father was a genius. When I was 19, he became a moron. What does he know about life? Now I'm 29 and I have a bunch of kids of my own. And the guy is pretty wise. It's funny how much the old man learned in 10 years. Right? <laughs> so people go, through, people go through that process. First you're one with your parents. Then it's a mitzvah to delegitimize them. Whatever they say, by definition, is wrong. It's the 11th commandment. If your mother says it or your father says it, it's the worst thing in the world because your friend didn't say it. And then you get a little older and you realize that the old man may have some wisdom. So it's this... Exactly. Of course, well. same thing. Klal prata klal. Starts with attachment, real attachment, especially with the mother. And then there's detachment, and there's the trauma of detachment, and then there is trying to uh, believe that you're not part of your mother, and with Jews that's very hard to actually make space between yourself and your mother, or your father, depends what type of mother you have. And then there's the, the nakud of coming back, of the klal. So you have, in this process, you have the Jew as Yisrael, and the Jew as Yaakov, the Jew as a Ben, 
and the Jew has an evidence. And it's two strands in Avodah Hashem, and you can have one hour this, one hour this, one day this, one day you're in the mood of davening, one day it doesn't mean anything for you. You have to battle, you have, everything is a battle. One day you have spiritual clarity, and one day you're completely confused. Complete opaqueness, complete darkness. Two so he says as follows. A person is judged on Rosh Hashanah, but for what are you judged? You know what you're judged on Rosh Hashanah for? Alham shachas elakus sheboy. Im huroi liyoz gilu elakus benafshay. How ready is he to feel his wholeness? That's the judgment of Rosh Hashanah. How ready are you to be able to become one with yourself? Are you ready? Are you ready to experience the gilu elakus, the revelation of godliness in your own soul? This is based on how the person lived. How the person lived throughout the year. Are they ready for this state of wholeness? Or they still have to work through their brokenness? That's why when it comes to Yaakov, there's a mishpat. Yaakov. In the state of the Yaakov, where there's a war, it's there's always an enemy that you have to prevail over. Sometimes you win. And sometimes you lose. You get defeated. Menatzeach means you win. Menutzach means you, somebody else wins. You're menutzach. You're, you're passive. You're defeated. The enemy is the feeling of fragmentation. Yeah. 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 It's a struggle. You know, I get a punch, you get a punch, right? It's a, you're on the ring, I box, you box. We both get bruised. The question is, who wins at the end? Who gets the knockout? But it's la'oim la'oim yamatz. That's what Rivka is told. You have two twins. Meaning, as Rashi says, one nation will become stronger from the other nation. It's like a seesaw. You go up, I go down, I go down. Here there's a mishpat. When it comes to Yaakov, God as a God of Yaakov, here there's Mishpat. What's the Mishpat? The Mishpat is, if you're you to be able to experience the full Alakus in your soul. If you put in the work into your life to be able to experience the absence of the gap, the complete achdos between the Yesh and the Ayin. That's the Mishpat. That's the main judgment of Rosh Hashanah. That's the main judgment of Rosh Hashanah. Am I capable, am I ready to become whole? Am I capable of experiencing God's unconditional love and unity? Or I'm not. Because to really experience unconditional love, you have to be able to be whole. If you feel you're broken and detachment or fragment, you won't be able to experience it. Over there, there's always a flow of nourishment. In Yisrael, there's no mishpat on Rosh Hashanah. But there's two states. When it comes to Yisrael, the state of Yisrael, of the Jew, there it's chayk. There there's always nourishment. There's always hashpah, because there's never a separation. On the level of Yaakov, where there is a separation, because you're an evet. An evet means, I don't feel that I'm part of you. I have to overcome that. Here there's the mishpat of Rosh Hashanah, lelakei Yaakov. Are you ready? How much are you ready for the Giluyal? Are you ready for the Giluyal of This depends each person on their avoider. But there's a state of Yisrael where there's not a judgment. Why? Because there was no separation. 
There's a oneness. Remember that the Ein Soif is here. The question is how much consciousness the person has of it. The Tzimtzum is only from one perspective. Ah, but you have to remember one thing. Mishpat ihu rachami. This is a quote from Tikkun Zoyar's introduction. Those who say Pasach on Friday say this. Mishpat ihu rachami. The Gemara says, the Pasach says, V'shoftu ha'eda, v'hitzilu ha'eda. Everybody knows the Mishnah and Sanhedrin. That's why Sanhedrin has to be 23 people. Why 23 people? So Chazal say, because you need an Eida, my Chayeves, and an Eida Matzelis. You need a full minion that should be able to say innocent. And a minion to be able to say guilty. But you can't have 20 because it's an even number. You can't have 21 because when it comes to guilt, you need at least a majority of two. You can't have 22 because it's even, so you have 23. So even mishpat is iurachami. Mishpat in Yiddishkeit is never about vengeance, judgment, I will show you who's boss. Mishpat is always about compassion. We learned what compassion is. Compassion is to make you whole again, to bring you back to yourself. So even the mishpat lelekei Yaakov is not a judgment in a sense of, I'm judging you because you lived a broken life, so you're not roi for Gileelikos. It's a mishpat to be able to help the person. So therefore, that's why you have a Sarasimei Tshuva and Yom Kippur, not for the Yisrael so much. The main thing is for the Yaakov. The whole Nikud of a Sarasimei Tshuva is to arouse compassion and the requests of Slachlanu. What Slachlanu? What is Slachlanu? Forgive, forgive, forgive. What is this? You asked him already a hundred times. Some people are going to say Slicha again, again. What's Pshat? What is this Slachlanu? is, I want to be able to feel your full will, your full passion in my soul. It's like a person who comes to a best friend, he says, I did something against you, I want to apologize. What are you looking for? You don't want him to sue you? You don't want him to gossip about you? Maybe that's a base number. It says, that's not the Nekuda. The Nekuda is, if it's a real friend, what's bothering me is not that in my resume they're going to say that he did this. That's selfish. What I, what I crave is your heart. I used to have your heart. I don't have your heart anymore. I, I, I backstabbed you. I don't have your heart. I don't have your rutzen anymore. You don't have passion. You can't be with me in a comfortable way. You have to protect yourself. In other words, during the chet, his face was turned away. Mechil is not just, okay, I forgive you, I'm not taking you to Bezdin. I won't press charges. That's, that's the basics. Mechil is Chazoras Haratzin. I'm interested in you again. We can have intimacy. This is Slachlonu. You're not asking, you're afraid that God is going to punish you. He's going to sue you. He's going to press charges. He's going to call the police. That's not what you're asking. God, do me a favor, spare me. I don't want a lightning coming down today to kill me. That's not the Bakosha. That's not the Nekud of Snachlanu. This, you don't have to say a whole Yom Kippur. What is it? This Snachlanu is, I want your intimacy. I don't want that the world, my world, should conceal how close we are. I want to be able to experience fully your presence in my life. That's the Slachlanu. Slachlanu is 
that I betrayed the relationship. The relationship is that I acted as though I'm broken. I behaved as though I'm fragmented. I could not overcome the separation. I could not realize that the separation was there to create deeper attachment. So the slach lanu is chazaras harotzit. You want shaloyia behelam vehester pona. That's what you're asking. When you betray your friend, it's not the charges that he might do. That's okay. Yes, you want to take care of that. If he's gonna if he's gonna punish you, you don't want that. You want to ask mechila. But the real mechila is, I want your soul. I want to be able to look you in the eyes without shame. So I tell God, I want to be able to look you in your eyes, and you should be able to look me without shame, without any concealment. Now that's a very, very uh, deep request. It's a very deep request. It's a deep, you know, you can have a couple, and they live in the same house, but they can't look each other in the eyes. They could talk, they could do things, they do business deals constantly, they run a house together, supper, laundry, whatever it is, but they can't look each other in the eyes. Why? Because there's no trust. There's no full trust. Intimacy is into me. See. Not to turn away your face. Not to turn away your face. That's slachlanu. I apologize. I made a mistake. Yeah, I need forgiveness. But the real slachlanu is, I want back your soul. So he says, says, that's why the first thing of the Yom HaDesarachim, as we said before, Hashem passes over his face. Vayikra Hashem, Hashem, twice Hashem. Upsik taime begavayu. If you look in the Torah, there's a tam, there's a, a psik, a line that separates one Hashem from another Hashem. So Rashi says, Koidem sheyechta, l'achar sheyechta. Yeah? There's Hashem before you sin, there's Hashem after you sin. But the Yitzhak B'Dis HaRachim was said after the Chet HaEgel, so why are we talking now about the God before you sinned? Hashem Kaidim Sheyechta. So he's going to say the deeper Pshat here. What's Pshat? Havaya HaEchad, this is very interesting. Havaya HaEchad, Hubchines Bittel HaElyin, Bebchines Havaya HaElyin B'Mekayre. The first Hashem is the Bittel from in, in the state of Havaya in the source. Hub Havaya HaBez, Hainu Hamshachas HaBittel B'Mokim HaYesh, 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 Botelayim. The first Havai represents the state of the Ein Soif pre-Tzimtzum, pre-Midas Hadin, pre-restriction, so everything is one. The second Havai is the oneness that you come only after the separation, only after the fragmentation, only after existence. The first Havai doesn't allow sin. That's what Rashi is saying. Koidim sheyechta, not chronologically, doesn't allow for sin. Sin can only come because I don't feel that I'm one with you. The foot does not sin against the head. That doesn't happen unless a person is sick. When a person is sick, the head tells the foot, move. And the foot says, What is sin really? Sin really is the person doesn't feel their capabilities. Right? We call sin a form of illness. So people take it in a guilty way. Really, it's not a guilty way. It's a very profound idea. A person doesn't feel capable. They feel weak. They don't feel their dvekas. So then the regal rebels. But if the regal is healthy, he doesn't rebel. So it's koidem sheyechta. In that achdos, in Yisrael, there's no sin. That's what the Gemara says. Afal pi shechata, Yisrael. So we taich, even though he sinned, he's still a Jew. The Balatanya taich says no. Even though he sinned, Yisrael, who there's a place where he never sinned. That's what he taiches. Next mimer, we'll see. Afal pi shechata, Yisrael, who there's a space where he never sinned. Because it's a relationship with the head. Hashem is like the head and the foot. It's a different vart. It's not even though he sinned, we'll be nice. (laughs) 
we'll still be nice, we won't throw them out. Today you have to say, <laughs> Sometimes harder with people you know, you know. But, uh, but uh, you want to ask something? So, if this is the case, the first Havai is Kaidim Shayachta. There's no, there's, there's Bittel. The second one is Shia Bittel Yashlain. So that's Vayavir Hashem Alpana Vayikra. You want Hashem, but then there's the separation, and then there's a second Hashem. So he finishes Vizel Leleke Yaakov. That's why the Mishpat is Leleke Yaakov, to the God of Yaakov. What's Prat Leleke Yaakov? So I hope you understood. Mishpat Leleke Mishpat for the Elekus that's going to be Nimshach and Yaakov. Mishpat Leleke Yaakov. How much Elekus will Yaakov experience? That's the Mishpat of Rosh Hashanah. How whole will you be able to feel? That depends on your avod. <coughs> Ultimately, this Pchira, how whole are you capable of feeling in the relationship? Separated or whole? That depends on a person's life. How whole they will feel on Rosh Hashanah. So on Rosh Hashanah, there's the Mishpat, Leleke, for the Elokus, that's going to be in Yaakov. For Yisrael, it's a different Rosh Hashanah. It's Chaykli Yisrael. It's a different Pchina. It's the first Havaya. It's before the separation. Pemela. Vezel, Leleke, Yaakov. This is also the Diyak, Eleke. Because Eleke, Uloshanam Shach. Eleke always means a flow. Kemoi, we say in Shemun Esra, Eleke Avram, Eleke Yitzchak, Eleke Yaakov. What does it mean? We take it for granted. It's really insulting. Who's Hashem, the God of Avram, the God of Yitzchak, the God of Yaakov? <laughs> they were people, three people. It's like that's his definition. Yeah, you say, who is this person? He is the why? He's the husband of Plinus, Bas Plinus. Eleke, who is God? You want to know? He's the God of Avram, the God of Yitzchak. So he says the Pshat Eleke Avram is that this this Hamshochet Avram. Avram can experience it. Vegabe Yaakov Ksev Betoyis Vesvav Yaakov. He didn't have a vav by Yitzchak. He shouldn't have a vav by Yaakov. The pshat is kiavav who amshacha vav represents a flow, a trickle down like the the form of a vav. So from Avram to Yitzchak, it goes to Eleke Yaakov. Yaakov is midas harachemim v'nimshach kol kach. It comes down so deeply. Atshe b'yom kippurim. What do we say? Yom kippur in the pasuk. Pashas achere mois ki b'yom azay yechaper aleichem. Latayer eschem ekel chateisechem lefnei Hashem titaru. How do you touch lefnei Hashem titaru? So the pashtos is in the presence of God. Lefnei in the presence of Hashem titaru. He says lefnei really in lashon kodesh means lefnei means before, right? Lefonov before. So he says lefnei Hashem means lamaylam abchenes havaya. Lefnei Hashem titaru. The reason you can have tar is. Because you come to a place that's higher than Havaya, meaning titaru Now, when you say titaru, it means lechatchila he wasn't taher, and by becoming taher, he goes to a place that's lifne Havaya, even deeper than Havaya. He has to go higher than the shame Havaya. In other words, he has to go to the place of recreating the unity between the Yesh and the Ayin. So here he says at Bekitzer that there's a Maila in the Achdus that comes from the Yesh, from the Tumah, that reaches Lifnei Hashem even before the first Hashem of Koydem Shayachta. The first Achdus that was there before sin. Lifnei Hashem Titaru. Ve'agam Mikve Yisrael Hashem. 
It says, Mikve Yisrael Hashem, the end of Masechta Yumi, Rabbi Akiva famously says, Ma Mikve Matayr. Vahainu Shabbat Havayu, Gamkin Mikve Latayr Kana. What are you telling me that Tara comes from Lifnei Hashem? The Pasuk says, Mikve Yisrael Hashem, Yutke Vavke. You know, Yutke Vavke is the Mikve. And Rabbi Akiva tells us, Mikve is Matayr Esatmeyim. He says, Hakoil Lefi Hadover Shatzarech Tara. Everything depends on the thing that needs Tara. Yesh Dover Kal Shonitim Ebchines Hamal. There's a tumor that's very light, so then Mikvi Yisrael Hashem, it's enough to have Hashem. Sometimes the separation is so deep that the regular Yudke Vavke won't create Tarek. You have to go beyond Yudke Vavke, show Lifne Avaya, or Misham Tetaru. From there, there can be the Tara, Vidai, Lemaven. This is enough for somebody who understands. Is it possibly saying that the Mikvi Yisrael Hashem? That's the Hashem which precedes Elohim, the symptom which we recognize. Whereas the, the other one, Lifnei Hashem, is the Hashem that was the ayin that preceded even the yes. Ruchni breaking. Even yes, the yes, Ruchni yes, breaking, yes, yes. The original ayin yes. before he was even... Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. Good Ben to everybody. for you and your loved ones. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.